0: and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on guys, Zach here. I hope you're having an awesome day. I want to spend a few minutes with you guys talk to you about, uh, some, some sales training or some, some, some closing training, uh, that I'm actually going to be talking with, um, with my internal or my own salespeople about, and I wanted to just, (laughs) I honestly want to practice. And so I'm going to be sharing this with you guys, um, kind of like, you know, as a practice run as it were. So, um, anyway, I've been reflecting on this quite a bit and, um, and, and I wanted to I wanted I want to talk to my own salespeople about this because they're they're my, see my closers are really 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 amazing people like and, and that's what I love about them so much now they are super super good at creating strong connection like nobody talks to the to the to the closers that we have we have three three closers um, and one of the reasons that I have been like we and we brought on lots before like we've had. We've had hundreds of affiliates at any one time closing for us. Um, you know, we've had, uh, we've, we've, we've cycled through three sales organizations that have placed lots of closers for us. And, and really, all of that has culminated and sifted down into these three, three closers. And they're just good, good people. Like, number one, they understand our company deeply. They really, really understand it. Number two, they really understand me and Ashley and our hearts. And they understand what we're trying to do and how we're trying to help the world and uh, what we do with our money. Like they understand these things. They understand who we are and our heartbeat. And number three, they're just good people. I like working with them. Like all people can be difficult at any time, right? And I feel like salespeople, the personality of a salesperson is, it can be very hard to deal with, honestly, especially a good one. And these three have just good souls, good personalities. I like being with him, like working with him. They're not emotionally unstable. They're not all over the place like most high-end closers are. They're just solid people. And so because of those things, I'm willing to like, you know, everyone has slumps. They've all had slumps. I'm willing to go through their slumps with less pressure on them um, than I would with like someone who I'd be willing to turn and burn, if that makes sense. And I've I've never been willing to turn and burn anybody, by the way. That's just not my personality or Ashley's. But you get the point, right? So anyway, I just want to give you pictures like who they are. And so one of the things that, because of that type of personality, they're a little reluctant to really like turn the dial up on urgency and scarcity, which in some ways is really good. It's one of the reasons I love them. And it's one of the reasons that the people that they enroll into our company um, really love them as well. But the, I've noticed um, instances over the last, you know, whatever handful of months where they've had some deals that should have been pushed across the line that weren't. And when I really dig into them, I can I can see that it's it's the fact that they're they're trying to almost be they're not trying to be pushy and so they're trying to play like a longer game, but it's backfiring because there's a great quote in sales that's true, it's time kills deals, right? And the time is killing some of their deals. So I want to talk about urgency and scarcity. But doing it from a way that isn't slimy. You know, because I don't... I, I'm not a very good... I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not not—I'm I'm not real, I'm not that smooth of a closer. Okay? I'm not that smooth. Um, like if someone brings up an objection, I'm not really that smooth at like, you know, dodging and bobbing and weaving and then pressuring somebody into making it in a close. Like I'm not... That's not who I am. That's not who they are either. But... I'm really good at closing. And these guys, when they're on fire, they're really good at closing. And they're doing, they're doing well right now, just so you know, um, which is great. Um, but what I am good at is creating urgency, is creating scarcity, but I do it not in a slimy way. And, and they do it not in a slimy way. I just want to help them understand what they do well when they do well and that kind of a thing. So the first thing is the the, the two reasons that, well, really, yeah, there's only two reasons someone will purchase. It's one, they're in extreme pain, they're in, and they're in enough pain to make a change, and they believe that whatever you're offering is the thing that can get them out of their pain. That's why someone buys. Okay, so when someone's pushing off on you, when they're giving you any objection whatsoever as to why they're not joining your team or buying your product, it's because either their pain isn't high enough, or they don't believe that what you have can solve it. It's one of those two things always. So the, the, so the very two baseline foundational pieces of all of this urgency and scarcity thing is you need to gather enough intel or build enough rapport, as some people say, and you're not generating pain, you're uncovering it, okay? You're uncovering the pain. And this is what you have to get really, really good at in network marketing or in any sort of sales. You get really, really good at uncovering someone's true desires and asking questions over and over again. And I will say that all of our closers are actually really good at this. Okay, they're really, really good at asking questions, getting to know somebody. They're not rushing through this process, and I suggest you don't either. The second thing is adding value, right? And I and and I think most people rush to adding value before they uncover pain. All right, so I think you got to be careful of that. But you got to add value. You have to have uh, proper presentations built out so that you're you're you know you're, you're communicating your company, your service, your product really, really well. And then finally. Is you know, you obviously have to be able to communicate like this is what you need, okay? Like, based on what you've told me, and you have enough rapport and relationship, about it, you can say this is what you need, you can say it confidently, right? So, we have pain and value. Now, one of the things that a lot of salespeople do, closers do, is they let the client dictate the customer journey, which is The worst thing in the world to do. The customer can't lead themselves into your opportunity, into your product, into your service. Because if they could, they would have already done so. So you can't let them lead themselves, okay? You can't say, oh, that's just not how it works, okay? They're going to lead themselves astray. They're going to have a problem. So instead, this is where we start creating some of that urgency. Well, we actually already started it with the pain exploration process. But what we're good at is... Creating an environment where all of the doors are shut and there's only one way out. And when you can create that environment for them and there's only one way out, that is creating urgency in a cool way that is not, it doesn't feel slimy, it doesn't feel weird, it doesn't feel like, oh, I gotta talk to my wife. Well, you know, you say something dumb like, well, do you talk to your wife whenever you make a decision like going out to eat? Like that's a slimy sales tactic, right? And now that guy's going to get off the phone and go home to his wife and they're going to get into a fight and they might refund or worse. Or not I shouldn't say worse, but just as bad as you created a problem in that person's relationship, right? So we don't want to do that. We just want to create an environment where we're blocking off all avenues to help to make a decision. And I don't think I have to explain myself here that sales is a good thing. Okay, helping people do that is a good thing. Again, if they could lead themselves out of the situation, they already would have, so they can't. So this is how you help lead them, okay? So again, you're trying to create an environment where they say yes, and that's how you can create some of that urgency, okay? So another thing that we do is... Help them realize that the cost of inaction action is the greatest cost that they can incur. So let me give you just an example. We have a client that within a f- probably six months of being with us, he's making about $40,000 a month revenue. So maybe let's just say $30,000 a month in profit. I'm, I'm guessing a little bit, but this is called $30,000 a month in profit, okay? So <laughs> he was actually a pretty hard sell, all right? And at the time, the product that he purchased was $10,000, now, he took a while to enroll, but he finally did. Now, what's, let's just say he saved himself 10 grand. He decided not to invest that 10,000. Well, would he have saved 10 grand? Yes, he would have. but he also would have lost 30,000 a month. What's 30 times 12? That's 360,000 a year. So he would have literally been losing every single month 30,000 dollars. Now let me ask you a question. Do you fight harder to to make money or to save money? Save yourself from a loss. You fight harder to save yourself from a loss. Every time. Everybody does, right? Like if, if you thought you were going to lose, like I don't know what a lot of money to you is, but, you know, five grand. Would you, un, you know, just shift your whole day around to save yourself from a $5,000 loss? Of course you would. Well, most likely you would, right? Depending on what a, what a lot to you is, right? What about 10 grand or whatever, whatever your number is? But everyone's got numbers. Like, you know, you might, okay, I wouldn't shift my whole day around for 20 bucks, but maybe you'd shift your whole day around for 100 or 500 or or 1,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 because we all work harder to save ourselves from loss rather than making money. So, why is it that this guy who's a really hard sell, he almost didn't invest 10,000 to make 30,000 a month? Well, the reason is, is because he, Didn't first of all at the time before he purchased, he didn't realize the value of the program. He didn't realize that he could, in fact, make that much money. So we had to communicate that to him, right, within proper terms, you know. But we had to communicate that to him. There had to be enough pain for him to make that change. Okay, so once he believes it, the final thing is for him to realize, man, for for every day that you don't start moving forward. That's a what is that three times thirty? Uh, That's a thousand dollars a day lost. You're losing a thousand bucks a day every time you're not making every day. You're not making thirty grand a month. You're losing a thousand dollars profit per day. What would what would you un- unpin overturn in your life to save a thousand dollar per day loss? So we have to communicate early on before it becomes late stage closing conversation. We have to communicate early on to our customers. The cost of an action. The way I've read this recently that makes really good sense is, is the problem with human experience is that we don't feel the pain of the things we don't experience. So we're going to help people experience the pain now. And again, you're leading them, you're helping them, you're serving them. See, if, if, if we can help somebody or if someone can help me, let's just use, let's turn this around so that it doesn't sound as weird. If someone can help me, add $100,000 another $100,000 a month to my income and I don't do it. Do you realize that by not doing this the couple tweaks that they're advising me to do, I'm losing $100,000 a month? Like what would I do? What would I overturn in my life to save myself my $100,000 a month loss? Well, guys, at this stage, I would overturn a lot of things in my life to save myself $100,000 a month if I was if I was bleeding out $100 grand a month. So Again, the problem with us as humans, as experiences, we, it's a, we have a really hard time flipping that script. See, it's not about what is it costing me now. It's about what is it costing if I don't? What is the cost of an action? Right? That's really what it's about. It's about weighing proper decisions and helping them weigh decisions. And if you can help them weigh decisions properly, they will naturally get into a place of, holy cow, I need to move. And then you don't have to rely on bullcrap price scarcity tactics. You don't have to rely on slimy sleazeball bullcrap that's taught in sales trainings, which is like, you know, I want to talk to my wife. You You say something cute. And, you know, you sound like a slime ball. We don't have to do any of that stuff. Right? Now, the last thing is helping people link bad decisions, which bad decisions are when, when someone tells you where they want to go, they say, hey, I want to make, I want to get out of my job. What do you need to get out of your job? I need to make 10 grand a month. Okay, cool. And you know what you can do. You know you can help them. There's a good decision and a bad decision. It's not just a decision and it's not good or bad. No, that's wrong. It's not right. Okay, there is, just like there is good and evil in the world, It's not this relative bullcrap. There is right, there is wrong. If you want to make 10 grand a month, Not doing something different is the wrong decision, okay? It's wrong. So, and if you have the credibility to call it wrong, then you have the credibility to lead them out. So, help them link their wrong decision to an incongruent identity. So, for instance, you know, John, based on what you've told me, you know, you seem like a really logical person, right? Right? And by, like, not, like, by not moving forward and by kind of accepting this loss that we talked about, this monthly loss, like, honestly, dude, just as a logical guy, this doesn't just, this doesn't totally seem to line up with who you are. And see, nobody wants their identity to be incongruent. I don't want mine to be incongruent. I view myself as a trustworthy person. I hope you do, too. So, if something I do makes me look untrustworthy, I will move anything to be trustworthy, to, to, make, to, to make my identity line up with my actions. We all do this, right? That's like, that's like why you don't call your kid shy in front of people. Like, oh, he's just being shy, right? Because we don't want to give him that identity, right? Unless you want a kid to be shy. So help people line up their actions with their identity. Does that make sense? So anyway, these are just some different tactics that you can use. Or thought processes you can use to create an environment where people naturally move forward, right? And do urgency and scarcity isn't based around price. All right, guys, love you, appreciate you. Hopefully, you found value in this. If you did, leave a review. If you didn't, just throw your front out the window. Love you, guys.